yes, hello. It's time for a very special episode of The Best Biome, where we explore some legends, myths, and hauntings of grasslands around the world. <laughs> I'm Nicole. I'm Rachel. I'm Alan. And it's going to be a great time. It is. The energy in here, I want to say, is full tilt insane. Yeah. <laughs> we are very excited to bring you this episode. It might be the one episode of this podcast that... Um, makes you dumber because we are not talking really about science um i have like a sentence of science okay Whoa. that's cool i know yeah. oh, two sentences of science it's two more than i have <laughs> oh god yes but we're gonna we're going to um take a walk on the uh the weird side of grasslands and um the paranormal yes. <laughs> i'm questioning everything already no this is a great idea um yes this will probably be the one and only time we talk about cryptids on the podcast mm -hmm. uh maybe i think that we already actually have okay is that true <laughs> i think we talked about bigfoot and like like the grassland bigfoot before. we did i think so the plains variety of the... yes i have an entire powerpoint presentation already made about why i hate bigfoot as yeah. a concept <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but anyways yes excellent okay Definitely the only time there will be an entire episode dedicated to it. So okay. enjoy it while Don't you can. Never say never. <laughs> yeah, All right. True. What have you guys got today? Um, so yeah, like like Alan said, we are taking turns to just bring you weird tales from around the world. Uh, I am up first with Fedgeister. So these are field spirits. Uh, spirits that haunt corn and uh, just general grasslands. Haunted uh, corn. <laughs> I mean, okay, there's like multiple stories about haunted corn. So like objectively <laughs> spooky for okay. so many reasons. <clears throat> yes. Right. Um, and I kind of picked my favorite ones. These are based out of a book that was written in... 1868 which is officially and probably forever going to be my oldest resource that i've ever used for this podcast <laughs> um <laughs> so probably the truest yes definitely the truest <laughs> um but it was written by dr will manhart um it's called de condemone so it's German. Yeah. Yeah. It is German. I'm sure i'm butchering most of these names i'm gonna try my best i did spend like 10 minutes this morning just like listening over and over again to like how to pronounce it don't remember any of it that was really well I done tried. it sounded very german to me it very german, so yeah. thank you thank you yeah um but yeah i very poorly translated this into english so that it, like i could read the book because it's all in german <laughs> um i don't know german so i don't know how good that translation was perfect mm. it's fine lay it on us <laughs> but yeah let's dive in these field spirits are varied some of them are very vengeful some of them are animals some of them are humanoid some of them are both they're humans that can turn into animals um and they're all very very fun <laughs> there's like the classic stealing children ones and then there's like ones <laughs> that like spoil your crops and then there's some that are like really inventive um like there's this one that was depicted in the book that it would run through the streets it wasn't specified like what kind of animal this was but it was spirit animals that would mm -hmm. run through the street uh they had fiery eyes as big as dinner plates it would dive Whoa. underneath your legs pick you up and carry you off into the fields Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a good scare yeah. it's so good like <laughs> absolutely terrifying and i mm. love it 
cornflowers were also mentioned multiple times and specifically children going out to like look for cornflowers don't do it you will 100% be eaten killed mangled or just straight up stolen um so yeah you're talking about like the blue flowers right not okay yeah whoa yeah. yeah, this is a good cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reasons to dislike invasive exotic cornflowers. Yes, 100%. <laughs> the spirits them. that they brought from Germany, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, we fit some science in here. Good job, guys. <laughs> nice. mm-hmm. uh, but first, I wanted to talk about the different animal shapes that they can take. This is not all-inclusive whatsoever. Right. Um, this, the idea of corn spirits and like field spirits is very wide ranging a lot of these stories are from europe but there's some like from africa there like there's all sorts of different kinds all over the world um but wolves are very very popular there's the corn wolf grass wolf gitreid wolf which is grain wolf rogan wolf which is rye um and he specifically steals children for snacks don't know why specifically the rye wolf does, <laughs> okay. but it was mentioned that he does. Interesting. What goes better with rye bread for the rye wolf than rye children? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Are these spirits made of these materials or are they just like... Did they just die there? They're inhabiting these fields. They're haunting them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So corn wolf is not like, does not have a corny texture to him. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> He's just a wolf spirit that died in a cornfield or in a field. <clears throat> uh, it wasn't really specified as to oh. why like they're haunting that specific field, at least that I saw in my research. So, well, yeah. Interesting. Unclear. And I'm sure there's multiple stories as to like why these animals and beings are haunting these fields. Um, a lot of times it comes down to like the spirits are hungry, so they're kind of like stealing from your crops a little bit. Mm. But like if you try to get rid of them, then they will, you know, attack you or steal your children or, you know, et cetera. Blight. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Blight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's um I think it's good that they do more than just steal children and ruin crops, because that's pretty yeah. standard ghost stuff, you yeah. know? I think it's nice to see a, a more playful spirit mm-hmm. just wanting to kind of troll you a little bit. She said mangled children earlier. Well, yeah, I know. But I mean, like, some of them are like, you yeah. know. There's the not... classic, but then there's, like, some unique ones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. So the playfulness isn't, like, the mangled children. It's that they can have a playful streak. Mm-hmm. Right. By That's destroying what I'm crops. In your entire livelihood, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some specifically that, like... There's <laughs> a little lighthearted haunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple that just, like, give you bad luck if you make them mad. So, like... Oh, that's cute. Yeah. You know. Bad luck. We have, we have varieties here. <laughs> um, there's also wolves of peas, barley, oats, and potatoes. Those are specific... Potatoes? Potatoes, yeah. <laughs> potato Those are specifically wolves. listed out. <laughs> oh, potato wolf. potato wolf. Yes. Uh, there's also several like hounds, like dogs that were mentioned, uh, specifically haunting corn, rye, hay, barns, and wheat. Some of them have specific like breeds of dogs that like they take the appearance of. I saw a hay poodle mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just like a merge and it's like, woolly poodle fur has hay sticking out of it? Pretty cool. Like I like it brings a really cool picture to mind. I'm just uh, imagining a dog that's just like rolled around in a barn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fair. Um, there's also. <laughs> Uh, there's also a corn pug mentioned, <laughs> which is very cute. Um, and then the kittlehund uh, looks for children to tickle to death. 
To death? To death. Okay. That's yeah. both playful and terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to death. Yep. What is <laughs> wow, okay. Ooh, what a way to go. Yeah. yeah. How does it is it exhaustion? <laughs> yeah. Wow. You just laugh until you, you can't starve breathe anymore. You can't, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. It, it was wild though. I really liked that one. Uh let's not leave out the cats though. But oh. interesting with the cats, they weren't really specifically mentioned to haunt like certain types of foods, like the dogs. Um, they're more like uh like free flowing, like wind spirits that like, you know, just like mess with you and like make noises in the corn and stuff like that um so there's like a weather cat wind cat but they're 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 even are ones that inhabit like open grassland areas like Mm. so not just you know cultivated fields um so i thought that was really fun there there are bird spirits um the only one that i could like specifically find was the grain rooster uh (laughs) (laughs) it sounds cute but he does pluck out your eyes if you wander into the fields so sounds like a good bird thing yeah Mm -hmm. this how much of this is just trying to get kids not to mess with the crops you know Mm. probably a lot of it (laughs) (laughs) wasn't that during the time of child labor though that's a good point Mm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe it was to cover up the deaths from child labor. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, you know, it was the corn rooster got him. Yeah. yeah. Was I wasn't negligent. <laughs> I didn't mangle him in the farm equipment. That was the ghosts. <laughs> the ghosts mangled him. <laughs> mm, a good realist to take there. Yes. Mm. Um, probably my favorite of the animal forms uh is one that was a goat so it is specifically like like there's multiple different variations of the goat uh it's described as being a bird with a goat voice or a three-legged goat Um, Or specifically, a chamois with wings. A chamois with wings? Yeah. Oh, what kind of wings? beautiful. Yeah, bat wings or bird wings? Ooh, I don't know. Probably bird, but bat would be cooler. Bat would be cool. That would be way more metal. Yeah, be more Mm haunty, but Mm -hmm. it's fine. Um, But this this wonderful, beautiful (laughs) chamois with wings, perhaps, um, its cry announces springtime. However, (laughs) apparently its call is a little bit weird, um, and it gets very offended if you imitate that call or you make fun of him. Um, He will punish you with bad luck, attack you, um, or even eat you. So don't make fun of the chamois. Well, now we have to ask are you going to imitate it right now for us to hear what it sounds like? I'm going to make it mad. Well, it's not here, Nicole. We want to- Are you here, Chamois? <laughs> Give us a sign. Wee! Oh, no! <laughs> I'll invoke it. <laughs> Come at me, Chamois with wings. Yes. Amazing. Um, I'll be the shame of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. If the wildest part of this is that if it can't catch you, it will hang itself as a bloody <laughs> coat upon your door. It skins itself and just leaves its skin yeah, on the door? apparently. Dang. Maybe it's like um, a selkie where it just like steps out of its skin. Maybe. Ooh. It's unclear. And then runs naked as a woman through the cornfields. Mm-hmm. Sure. Screaming. Um, it, will <laughs> <laughs> it will also slap you if you're looking out your window at night. And it's no... <laughs> I'm not making any of this stuff up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I believe you. Slap you. 
<laughs> That's the scariest thing you've said all day. <laughs> Just, hey, quit looking out there. Bam. That's the night. That belongs to me. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to bed. <laughs> uh, he is oh. also known to be the mount of the devil. Okay, so, sure. He's a shamrock. <laughs> they're not very big. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, How big is the devil? <laughs> I don't know. A little man. A little guy. Just a little guy. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to draw this. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> yes. <gasps> Maybe it is bat wings. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It'd be nice. Yeah. Um, at least at the time of the writing of this book there was a lot of common phrases like in the lexicon such as the wind cats are running in the grain or the wolves hunt each other in the grain which were like relics from these stories and i really really hope that these are still common sayings but i have no idea (sighs) bring it back good stuff um i have one more that i want to talk about it's a human shaped one um she's known as baba grandmother or the corn mother (laughs) she's absolutely wild (laughs) and was described like in detail in this book um she is described as faster than the fastest horse so there's no outrunning her Um, she has fiery fingers and breasts filled with tar that were (laughs) that are tipped with glowing like iron brands of it essentially whoa that's so metal (laughs) yeah she's amazing what um she's also described as either like all black or all white um so just like very ethereal and like long hair flowing in the wind um i don't know if we can keep this part but some accounts say that her breasts are so long that she can hit you upside the ears with them and she throws them over her shoulders when she runs after you (laughs) that's amazing these are the tar filled like metal capped breasts tipped with metal leaking tar that that Sounds is, terrifying. That yeah. is. Yeah. I have never heard a cryptid of that caliber. That yeah. is something else. It's so good. <laughs> this is so, this is like legitimately really fun. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And she um, runs faster than a horse. Yes. That's the horrifying. horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, if she catches a child, she's oh. known to blow the eyelight of the children out. I'm assuming this is some kind of reference to like souls, like she's taking their souls. Ooh, like the spark of life in yes. your eye. Yeah. Um, she even is known to replace them with changelings and then like send them back out into the world. Dang. Very good. This keeps getting better. Yeah. yeah. Um, she can turn into animal forms so she can be, you know, very inconspicuous and then like take her true form and get you. Um, she ripens the farm, the fields of farmers that she likes and spoils the fields of those she doesn't. Ooh, okay. Okay. How do you get on her good side though? Offerings? Um, Yeah. Offerings. Uh, there's a lot of really fun like rituals to avoid like the wrath of these spirits. Um, I know I've been going for a while, but (laughs) I'll try to make it quick. Um, but she, like, in general, all of these field spirits, like, are appeased at the end of uh, harvest season. You can leave, like, the last little bundle of crops either up for a certain amount of time 
or you treat that last little bundle with a lot of respect. So you cut it down. A lot of times they turn it into like a, uh, a doll or like an animal doll. Um, and this, this kind of ritual of um, like a corn doll or a corn husk doll is very common like throughout the hmm. world um, for various different reasons. Um, but those final stalks are treated with a lot of reverence. Um, sometimes the farmers will take it into their home and like put it up on the mantle in a place of honor until the next corn husk doll the next year can replace it like you cannot move it until you have the next corn husk doll to replace it um other times they'll take the dolls and like parade them around town and give them offerings um and have like a whole festival based around these dolls what do the corn husk dolls look like they can look like humans or they can look like the animal that you know was supposed to be inhabiting that field so a wolf uh, a cat a chamois (laughs) they look like a lot of different things Interesting. And they can be like small and like fit in your hand or they can be quite large. Okay. Yeah. What a fantastic ghost story. Like you already had us with all the descriptions and then you (laughs) add haunted, haunted, creepy dolls to the mix. Oh, it's it's got everything. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's good stuff. Um, Crowd pleaser. (laughs) Yes. And I, I don't, I just love the field guys like they're just very very fun um and i love that it like they can be very vengeful um but they also promise a good harvest if they're taken care of um there's field and crop demon stories that date back to like the 10th century or even earlier um and we've always been like scared of what lurks in the tall grass and Mm. perhaps there's a good reason for it The spirit might burst out of there running like a horse, its breasts trailing behind it. No, over her shoulders. (laughs) Yes. Over her shoulders. But also still like whipping behind her like a scarf, probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Amazing. That's the field case. Nicole. Nicole? Thank you. I accept your offering. Thank you. I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to go next? Um, should I get mine out of the way? Well, don't make it sound like a chore. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for yours because this is uh, yours is very close to home. Yes. Yeah, mine is, <laughs> is quite close to home. I wanted to tell you guys about the legend of Sinkhole Sam. <clears throat> so Sinkhole Sam, mm-hmm. just to set the scene, is a prairie-locked sea serpent <laughs> 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 who, according to journalist Michael Aberty from Kansas City Magazine, is, quote, the greatest monster legend Kansas has ever known. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So Sinkhole Sam, of course, as the name implies, lives in a sinkhole. Mm -hmm. And uh, sinkholes are pretty common in areas with a lot of limestone. Uh, There are obviously sinkholes here in Kansas, many of which have dried up and are just dry, empty sea holes. Sinkholes? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when that subsurface rock, that limestone rock is slowly dissolved over time. Mm Mm-hmm. It can lead to rapid just plummeting of the surface, oh, yeah. which creates a beautiful, wonderful sinkhole and can be very sudden and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, heavy rainfall can trigger sinkholes. This is my science sentence of the episode, right? Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Heavy rainfalls, especially after long periods of drought, mm-hmm. can trigger them. And uh, of course, sinkholes are known to entrap wildlife. Indeed. Um, both empty sinkholes that kill many kansas natives um but also sinkholes filled with water that trap ancient sea serpents (laughs) (laughs) yes um chapter one 
Mennonites don't lie. (laughs) (laughs) The big sinkhole, quote unquote, which is the official name for Inman Lake, uh, is the largest natural lake left in Kansas. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's also entirely on private property, okay. which sounds, you know, that that's part of the course. Kansas, yeah. yep. And uh, the legend began in 1952, where word of a wormy beast began to spread. Uh, this worm is described as being 15 to 30 feet long. Dang. And as fat as a tire. <laughs> fat as a tire. Is, whoa, whoa, Is this like a car tire or yes. like a tractor tire? Uh, yes. There are specific cars listed. Oh. Uh, there was like a 1951. I don't. I didn't write it down because I don't care about cars. <laughs> but somebody specifically named the car tire that it was as large wow. as. Yeah. Wow. They could get it that specific yes. on like the girth of the beast correct but, but they but were no like evidence like, fi- there's a like lot of eyewitnesses guys long, <laughs> yeah uh-huh. like i it said it's really true maybe this size or maybe twice as big i don't know Who but knows? it was definitely this wide yeah, exactly <laughs> 24 inches wide yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't make this up this okay. is mm-hmm. this is from eyewitness accounts oh, so yeah. believe them or don't mm-hmm. i'm just giving you the facts no, sure. yeah. <laughs> these are facts yes mm-hmm. um Two eyewitnesses spotted the creature one year later, 18-year-old Mennonite Albert Newfield raises his hunting rifle and fires off two shots directly at this beast. Now, the other eyewitness, George Rager, reported that Sinkhole Sam was merely wounded, and Mm. it was unlikely that he died, which is why they didn't find a corpse. (laughs) But they both saw it with their own eyes and tried to bag the, the body. That's the closest anyone has ever come. Dang. Dang. Now, Marcy Penner, who is the daughter of the landowners who once documented these events in a book, you know, their family has owned the property since the 1870s. Uh, she was quoted as saying, Mennonites are not exactly prone to exaggeration, which is to say that there's no reason why these eyewitnesses being good Mennonite farm boys would ever mm-hmm. lie about such a thing. I believe it. Yeah. Yep. Make great cinnamon rolls too. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Chapter two, uh-huh. the legend. <laughs> no notoriety of sinkholes. Sam spreads like wildfire. It starts off with <laughs> a, a sat- Satirical scripted reporter okay. <laughs> named Ernest Alva Dewey, who wrote a spoof story about Sinkhole Sam with a completely fake made up scientist no. who wrote oh, a no. bunch of quotes about the monster. <laughs> and uh, this fake, completely made up scientist, uh, whose name was uh, Quattlebaum, oh, uh, a real name. I know somebody whose last name is Quattlebaum. I do too, yeah. Yeah. Um, Why any... do you bo- is it the same person? <laughs> it might be, yeah. It might be. Okay, who could say? Um, anyway uh this fake scientist was like oh yeah sinkhole sam is uh totally a vegetarian and terribly dumb so everybody's totally (laughs) fine and also definitely lives in the subterranean kansas caverns and the uh big sinkhole is merely his above ground swimming pool mm-hmm. where he comes up recreationally okay so there's like he lives in a subterranean ocean situation yeah for sure for sure for in sure. like the ri- sure. limestone like mm-hmm. cave systems that exist under the seabed you know so anyway um people were like wow 
amazing. We all like this is a fake story, a spoof story, mm -hmm. but it made everybody want to go see it. So like amazing. <laughs> monster hunters began to swarm the sinkhole, which I'll remind you is on private property. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, Mill Penner, the landowner, came home one day after church to find just like lines of cars oh parked up on the road and everybody like has their windows up just in case the monster comes out like they're all it's gonna protect them yeah. monster hunters begin to swarm and this is when sinkhole sam uh really is born a year before uh these two mennonite farm boys try to shoot it uh, by 1953, a Kansas City reporter named Mary Kay Flynn arrives and really seals uh, his nationwide fame. Now, she interviews a lot of quote-unquote responsible citizens. These are not, you know, hooligans. Mm. These are, you know, upstanding members of the community of like 500 farmers in the area, right? Why would they lie? Mm -hmm. So here's what they had to say about Sinkhole Sam. Number one, he's probably 15 feet long. Okay. And not, not 30. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. He has a fluted tail. Fluted oh. tail? A fluted tail. Very nice. I honestly don't know what that means. I'm trying to picture it. I, I don't know either. What I'm it, assuming it's, you know, like... <laughs> like split? Like split? a split, like a sea serpent, basically. It's like a dragonfly nymph. Yeah. Uh, also, eyewitnesses who are responsible citizens, again, say he has a long fin on his mm. back. Okay. And, quote, a non snake-like grin so he has mean? a grin but it's not a snake grin Ooh. it's a different sort of grin is like a like lizard an, like an impish like human Ooh. grin all Ooh. we can say is it's not like a snake <laughs> does he have a mouthful of human teeth Ooh. you know the, a lot of the illustrations make him look like uh you know those um <laughs> those sandworms oh yeah from yeah. dune <laughs> No, Curse. I was oh, thinking Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> the striped ones. Yeah, okay. okay yeah. The goofier yeah. kind. Yeah. A lot of the illustrations look like that. Okay, Amazing. that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. so. That's the best outcome. <laughs> yeah, that's a better situation than. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, basically was described. Uh, Sinkle Sam was described as being the Kansas's Loch Ness monster. So naturally, newspapers all over the country pick up the story, and Sinkle Sam becomes a true legend at this point heck yeah now this is probably not important but i would like to point out at this point that the younger brother of albert the guy who reportedly shot sinkhole sam and like spread a lot of the myths about him mm -hmm. said quote our family was embarrassed by the whole thing <laughs> dang you're gonna do albert dirty like that huh? <laughs> yeah it seemed like an important note mm -hmm. just you know to contextualize right. this entire ordeal so at least some people were kind of embarrassed that this became a thing yeah. Well, I want to believe. Yeah, me too. Chapter three. But what if he's not a vegetarian? <laughs> really, what serpent is? And so I just want to point out that, you know, uh, the next decade mm -hmm. after, there is a similar report out of Kingman mm -hmm. of a creature that sounds an awful lot like Sinkhole Sam. Mm -hmm. And this is going to really help us contextualize this legend, right? So in the 1960s, a 20-foot-long <gasps> animal drags a calf into Kingman County State Lake and devours it. Obviously, there's eyewitnesses to this entire thing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they assemble a huge hunting party, and they try to hunt down and kill this animal, but it completely evades them. And I would like to point out that the biggest known native snake in Kansas 
is the gopher snake, which tops out at like six feet long. So mm-hmm. we're clearly dealing with something, something else, else yeah. Oh yeah, out there. And this really brings up the question of what is sinkhole Sam? Mm-hmm. How dangerous is sinkhole? How many sinkhole Sams are there? Yeah. Did sinkhole Sam get tired of Inman Lake, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the big sinkhole? Mm-hmm. Did it slip away to Kingman? Is it really a vegetarian? Mm-hmm. No, probably not. Got more questions than answers. Indeed, indeed. As most you, legends. If, yes. If it did slink away, did it slink away like through the underground cave systems? Or mm. over land. Yeah. Yeah. The, I choose yeah. cave systems because it's yeah. way cooler. It, it is, is cooler. way, way cooler. I think I think that that's probably the answer. Um, so just to kind of conclude this, I want to give you guys some really scary facts about the future Ooh. that are scientific again. Are you ready okay. for this? Yes. Okay. Number one. Human activities mm. accelerate sinkholes, especially over drying groundwater. Mm. Great. Number two, climate change predictions favor the creation of more sinkholes. Okay. Ooh. Droughts are going to go up. Rainfall events are going to be more intense when they do happen. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be more pressure on groundwater resources that dry them up more, which is the perfect breeding ground for additional sinkholes to form under these limestone karst caverns mm-hmm. that exist in the subterranean former ocean, mm-hmm. right? So then we must ask the question, what is sinkhole Sam? Is there going to be a sinkhole Sam population boom as yeah. more sinkholes appear across these desolate plains? that were former oceans, is sinkhole Sam the remnant of an ancient sea monster that escaped into the caves when the oceans dried up and is popping up as sinkholes give it little bathtubs to the future? Well, I think this warrants a deep exploration of the underground cave systems of Kansas and beyond. And who knows how many horrifying monsters will be unleashed as climate change desolates our landscape in the future. And that is all I have to say. An unexpected climate change impact. Yeah. Subterranean monster invasion. We deserve it. (laughs) 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 The future we earned. (laughs) I mean, that's a more interesting apocalypse scenario, if we're being honest. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah. (laughs) I... If if there's not a movie about this, there needs to be one. I'm over tremors and like the you know, normal landworms. Yeah. I need I need subterranean monsters. Sea worm, yeah. yeah. Ancient Loch Ness land. monster mm-hmm. situation, but it's from the Western Interior Seaway. Yeah. Yes. Has yeah. he ever been described with like any limbs? No. Okay. Fins. Okay. Like fins. a fin on the back. Yeah. 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 So very worm-like. A very worm-like. Fin, fluted tail. Yeah. yeah. Teeth of a human. But not a snake. Okay. The grin is not yeah. snake-like. Yes. The grin yes. is not snake-like. He's about the width of a 54 Buick tire. <laughs> 51. Like oh. 51. Oh, my so, bad. So, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love this. I've literally never heard of sinkhole sand before, so. Dang. You that was so amazing. close. <laughs> That's like, yeah, it's this northwest of Wichita. Yeah. yeah. This is like right by my hometown, which, by the way, in my hometown, we once had school canceled due to sinkholes. <gasps> See, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's only it's only a matter of time before Hutchinson (laughs) is swallowed by ancient sea monsters. He's probably he's probably in the salt caverns right now. Oh, oh my god, for sure. Yeah, there's parts of those that are closed off. Why are they closed off? Mm -hmm. Mm. Asking the right questions, Nicole. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
we have tiny chunks of of uh, salt that mm-hmm. contain the remnant water bits of the ancient Permian Sea. Yes. What else is in there? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Bacteria to start. What's next? Twenty mm-hmm. foot long monsters. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Alan, what do you have for us? Send us home. Oh. Well, guys, I want to get in the weeds with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> with a little tale of the unknown, the bizarre, mm-hmm. the unexplained. But first, I want to ask you: Do you think a grassland can be scary? Yes. Can be. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I have you worked in a grassland? Yes. The grass alone can kill you. Nicole is proof. Yes. That is a good point. <laughs> You've been seriously injured by grass before. She uh, has grass scars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grass is dangerous. Okay, yes, yes. I know because of the, you know, like dark and scary woods. Mm-hmm. Very cliche. But I think like... Tall grass. Tall yeah. grass. Yes. There's something primally terrifying about that. Right? Yes. What's in there? Mm-hmm. Right? Even short grass. It's like, yeah. oh... I'm so exposed. Mm-hmm. I'm vulnerable. Yeah. There are predators here that have like adapted mm-hmm. to run and be relentless and I have no escape. Yes. Good stuff, right? <laughs> mm. So I want to, we're going to lean into that anxiety from, uh, from open spaces a little bit. Amazing. And we're going to talk about um, a particular grassy cryptid. Uh, that is, once again, uh, right here from uh, the United States. <gasps> We're going to take a little trip across the Mississippi. Oh. Okay. To mm-hmm. the uh, to the Buckeye State. Mm-hmm. Ohio? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's across the... I don't know geography very well. Sorry. It is. Yeah. It definitely <laughs> is. Cool. Super cool. I knew that. Um, uh, by the way, fun fact. Did you know that only 14 of the 63 national parks are on the other side of the Mississippi, are on the eastern side of the Mississippi? That makes sense because it got colonized way cl- quicker. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why. And so, mm-hmm. like, human population is super dense. It's really, like, 13, because I don't know that Gateway Arches really counts as a national mm-hmm. park. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I don't like that one. Yeah, it's just kind of a more of a attraction, yeah. you know? Um, but, yes, this, <laughs> this, this one that we're going to, uh, this is Cuyahoga National Park. Mm-hmm. You guys familiar with this at all? No. You guys have never heard of Cuyahoga Valley National Park? I feel like I have, but I also feel like it just reminds me of the word Cayuga, which is a duck I like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is a park. Uh, it's a national park. It's got some uh, a, a lot of restored grasslands, okay? It's a... Uh, uh, Actually, a lot of its restored grasslands are agricultural fields and developed areas uh, that have been sort of re, uh, repopulated, um, which includes, by the way, the Richfield Coliseum, okay, which was a former home of the Cleveland Cavaliers, the NBA team. They tore it down. They demolished the parking lot, and it's now 327 acres of grasland and wildflower meadow. Whoa. Oh, my God. That's such a good use of that space. That is a really <laughs> yes. good use of that space, yes. Hell, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, uh, it's doing so well. National Audubon has designated it as an important bird area, <laughs> and it's a known nesting site of Hinslow sparrows. Oh, I love yeah. them. Just nesting in the ruins of society. Amazing. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Now, I don't know. I couldn't find a lot of information on how well managed the grasslands are or Mm -hmm. whether, because this is like, this is Eastern Ohio. It's more, it's more of a, you know, historically forested area. So I don't know if they're managing these grasslands actively or if they're treating them as just kind of a mid-successional state en route to being a forest again someday. Um, But there is a very well-established grassland ecosystem there now. And there's more than just Hinslow's sparrows lurking in it. Ooh, are they like bobcats? (laughs) No, Rachel. 
It's the Cuyahoga grass man. Ah! Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Oh. Let me tell you a little bit about the Cuyahoga grass man, okay? This, <laughs> this is a cryptid. Um, well known to Ohio natives. There are uh, this article, uh, which is my main source, okay. is by Jennifer Wilbur from exemplor.com. And she, as an Ohio native, says she is afraid to walk this park at night <gasps> because of the grass man. Uh, it is similar to a Bigfoot, but I must say it is a different species mm. than a Bigfoot. A lot of my sources <laughs> were very, <laughs> very stuck on that point. Mm-hmm. It is not a Bigfoot, but mm-hmm. it may be related to a Bigfoot or Big Feet. Okay. Um, I love crypto taxonomy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the grass man, okay, mm. allegedly gets its name from the large hut-like nests it builds by delicately interweaving tall grasses. And wouldn't you know, we have photo evidence of one. Oh, is it like a giant (laughs) Henslow's? You're looking at it. That is (laughs) that is a discovered in 1995. That is a Cuyahoga grass man nest. Whoa. You can see it's uh, it's about 10 feet wide, about five feet tall. It can, uh, they estimated it could contain three fully grown men in it. Well, wow. how many Cuyahoga grass men, though? Well, they're a little bit bigger. Oh, so they're two? about they're about seven to nine feet tall. Ooh. 300 pounds. Oh, so that's bugbear bug size. <laughs> yes, if you're a nerd, and you are, uh, Rachel. Yeah. Where would this fall on your tier list for mm. grassland nests? What does the interior look like? Uh, I can show you. I've got really a little... important. Yeah. You do? We've got a yeah. We've got a. I've got. Oh please, uh, <laughs> there, that's a that's a more interior shot. Oh, it's not very. It doesn't look very sealed from the inside. It looked pretty covered mm. from the sure. outside. Sure. From the inside, it kind of looks uh, like a burn pile. Okay. That people just, <laughs> just hollowed out. <laughs> yeah, mm. got inside of. Yeah, that's fair. It is very nice. Like they, they said that there was like interlocking grasses on top to mm. make it weatherproof. Okay. Well, all grasses interlock if you think about it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sounds like you're unimpressed. Well, I'm, uh, I'm less impressed. Uh, I feel like that's more than a scrape, mm-hmm. but less than a great <laughs> crested flycatcher with its like okay. klepto nest. That's fine. So, so um, better than a killdeer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, let me give you a little is, visual. I mean, I'm giving it some credit. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Let me give you a visual of the Cuyahoga grass man here first. Wait, they do what? look exactly like you would expect uh, a sort of a mix between a gorilla and like a swamp thing situation. Okay, uh, so okay. they're very grassy. Oh, uh, that is an artist's rendition of the Cuyahoga grass man. What are those waterfalls in the background? Uh, that's part of the national park. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't completely just made up. No, no, no. Okay. And uh, this is a this is a digital rendering of okay. one. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was Very much more gorilla. Yeah. Very gorilla. Very yeah. bigfoot. Can I ask if on the first one was the green coloration an artistic choice, like a limited mm. color palette situation, no. or do um, they believe it's green? It is believed to be green. It, there's there's conflicting reports. There mm. are some people who uh, describe it as being like covered in grass. Oh. Uh, there are other people who just describe it as having like wildly long flowing hair. Mm. Um, Kind of like a sloth situation where it's like tinted green with all the like could be with all the stuff grown in it. Yeah, mm. like it's a it's like a, an ecosystem in its fur. Mm. Well, that's uh, that's some of the basics of the of okay. the grass man. But let me mm. tell you about because this is something that is well documented in Ohio. 
okay? This is a well-known local legend, uh, dating all the way back to 1869, uh, when the first sightings of this nine-foot-tall bipedal ape-like creature, (laughs) okay, was seen eating grass Uh and wheat. What? They Whoa. apparently are vegetarian. Are that they is, ruminants? Uh, a, it's a <laughs> primary part of their diet, it sounds like. Wow. Are, they don't have to be ruminant. Yeah. You know why? Because if you remember back to our baboon episode, <gasps> baboons, yellow baboons in particular, their dietary intake is between 40 and 90% grass. What wow. a poll. Oh, my God. You're right. There is yeah. a scientific precedent so, for this. So, yeah, large primates <laughs> may, may be, you know, uh, definite grazers. Okay. <laughs> Alan, I'm so delighted. <laughs> we're, doing, we're, doing, we're doing lots of callbacks here. Okay. Uh, okay. The grass man, though, is, uh, even though it's a vegetarian, it, it is not necessarily a gentle beast. There are aggressive encounters okay. of this noted, uh, including one, uh, one of those early ones from the 1860s. A man and a woman were walking in the Cuyahoga Valley, and then a large ape-like man burst out of the brush and began attacking the man. They scuffled. They, you know, they... they Donnie Brooked or whatever. Uh, and then uh, he eventually relented. The grass man ran off. Wow. But uh, it became clear and it was noted in one writing about uh, Ohio that the grass man seems to prey on those with cowardly blood. Oh, okay. So this is the least <laughs> believable part of the story so far, that uh-huh. this random dude just fought off this seven to nine foot tall uh-huh. eight man uh-huh. and was like, ooh, I'm an alpha. I don't have cowardly blood. <laughs> now I don't believe it anymore. You don't believe it? We'll no. just wait. I'm well, more. but here's the thing. Like, by admitting you got attacked by one, aren't you basically saying that you have, you have enough cowardly mm, blood to be a target? You. Yeah. But maybe... He dug and he deep and overcame his fears yes. while getting beaten by a large gorilla. <laughs> this is how we know it's like seven to nine feet tall. Uh, maybe, yeah. Well, okay. it's been sighted a lot. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of encounters with this creature. Okay. Um, one of the most prominent sightings of the Grassman uh, was from 1978. Um, you have uh, two residents of Minerva, Ohio, uh, the Claytons. Uh, they encountered the creature while their children were playing outside. They described it as a hairy monster. Uh, and um, they uh, they ran back there. They saw something resembling an ape with matted dark fur sitting in a gravel pit on their property playing mm-hmm. with trash. Ooh. Okay. Typical cryptid behavior. They ran away. <laughs> okay. Good. They ducked out. But it would not be their last encounter with the grass man. Mm-hmm. This same family on another night saw the grass man looking in through their kitchen <gasps> windows. It disappeared before the father, Howe, was able to get his gun. Mm-hmm. Upon investigation by the local police, couldn't find the creature, but they did find footprints. Oh, <gasps> what were they like? Big. <laughs> Gorilla-y. But not Amazing. Bigfoot. Okay. Yes, All right. Yes. Later that year, they saw the creature again, okay, on top of a hill by a strip mine, all right? But here's the kicker. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. They then, a month later, in broad daylight, observed two of the creatures on that same hill. A breeding population. A breeding population of Cuyahoga grassmen, grass people, grass folk. (laughs) Ooh. Grass folk, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So it's not just a solitary beast, okay? Yeah, yeah. There's many of them, and they're nesting. 
Mm. All right. Uh, those 1995 uh, hikers that uh, found the the nest um, had also reported uh, that they were on a night hike, uh, and then they uh, they heard a high pitched scream. Okay, and there are recordings of this scream. Of course. Uh, of course there are, yeah. Uh, it sounds, you know, it like sounds not... Like a barred owl mating call? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that would be a, that would be the skeptic's, you know, mm-hmm. response. Uh, you could say it sounds like a, a large primate hooting, perhaps. Mm. Wow. You could say that. You could, yeah. You could also say it's probably a barn owl. Yeah. Uh, if you mimic it, mm-hmm. will it, like, show up and beat us up? No, I don't think it's known to, but okay, since we're not in its territory, it's not going to do that, obviously. But I don't know, like, it's the kind of thing where you wouldn't want to, like, accidentally, I don't know, like, you don't want to give, like, a mating call or something out to these things, because then they might show up and be very interested in you, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? If you're a coward. If you're a coward, ooh, Mm -hmm. you're right. Make sure you do it with gusto, so you sound <laughs> mm-hmm. sound like <laughs> so you can claim your territory from the grass man. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, these people were also attacked by it. Um, they uh, they said it uh, it switched from a high pitch raspy like coyote call mm-hmm. to a full on roar when they saw it, and it began charging through a marshy area of the clearing. Uh, and it's uh, moving very quickly, even though it was up to its chest in water. Um, very frightening situation. Okay. So what's the evidence for this? We have lots of sightings. Okay. Other than nest photos, by the way, these were obtained. Uh, I feel like it should be mentioned. The source of these photos is from the Eastern Ohio Bigfoot Society. <laughs> okay. So there may be, take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, uh, you know, but so other than the audio recording of the Grassman Howl mm-hmm. obtained in 2015, there's also a skull found mm-hmm. of a juvenile <gasps> Grassman. What? Yes. Okay. Like It was sent to a primatologist yeah. who identified it as an adult male baboon. So, <laughs> I don't know who I don't know who you want to believe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who you want to believe, but is it possible that there are is there a wild population of baboons running around Ohio? I'm a believer. I believe. I, what, do baboons make grass nests? I don't remember this, but maybe know. in Ohio they I do. Know. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, if you saw like a strange long-armed primate just absolutely housing grass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, could be. You're fine. I would. Yeah. Could be I would, a baboon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like it would. It's not an unreasonable response to jump to not a baboon first. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know, right, like right. Yeah, or to sure. be like, yeah. Especially, I mean, why would there be? Yeah. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just found out there's a population of Japanese sika deer in Kansas. You yeah, know, yeah. so that's like, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's I, some. There's some. You get some strange, like little. Yeah. yeah. Some strange little wild populations have introduced things sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's I that's one it. possible explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say uh, another explanation for this. Uh, this comes from a, a 2023 paper, by the way, by one Flo Foxen. Outstanding name. Very good. The findings of this paper was that Sasquatch sightings, mm. okay, were significant, statistically significantly associated with. What do you think? Baboons. Not baboons. Oh, sorry. Grasslands. Not grasslands. Cryptic hunters. Bad vision. <laughs> not bad vision, not alcohol. 
statistically strongly associated with black bears. Oh. Okay. <laughs> this paper found, this paper modeled it and found that there is one sighting. Mm-hmm. They put big air quotes around the word sighting. Mm-hmm. Was it air quotes or real, real quotes? Well, it's real quotes. I'm giving it air quotes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one sighting can be expected for every 900 bears in an area. Okay. Okay. So the higher the density of black bears, uh, the more likely you're going to have people uh, seeing grassmen, sasquatches, big feet, etc. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this, uh, so that is one possible explanation as well. If it's not a wild baboon population or a giant gorilla man, um, <laughs> they, they, uh, Flo Fox. And by the way, I want to give a specific shout out to this scientist because they are publishing a lot of work, like legitimately publishing a lot of work. This, mm-hmm. this that paper about the black bears and Bigfoot uh, appeared in the Journal of Zoology. Nice. So this is like Amazing. legitimate stuff. But their area of interest appears to be folk and cryptozoology. Okay. Okay. And fun. it's so fun to see like legitimate things, like mm-hmm. like people actually publishing legitimate scientific work about this stuff. Yeah. yeah uh, absolutely. I also want to say that Flo Foxen is doing an outstanding job of naming papers. Uh, mm-hmm. That paper I just mentioned was titled "If It Is There, Could It Be a Bear." <laughs> Uh, That's amazing. They also have some follow-up papers called "If It Is Real, Could It Be an Eel?" Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, if it is, if not a fake, what's in the lake? That's about Nessie. Uh, and my favorite paper of theirs uh, was titled "The Moa the Marrier Resolving When the Dinornithiforms <laughs> Went Extinct." Ooh. Okay. That's so good. So. Uh, Keep doing your thing, Flo Fox, and outstanding, uh, outstanding scientific uh, exploration of these very important topics. So, is the grass man out there? Is it, uh, is it baboons, or is it the thing that haunts the nightmares of Ohioans to this day? Yes, Rachel. How many black bears are in Ohio? I don't know. I didn't look that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say Can that I s- think if a if a guy got beat up by a baboon mm-hmm. that jumped out of the bushes at him, like <laughs> it does seem like th- that person would be like, yeah, it was a seven to nine foot tall yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> hairy man, and I I scared him off. <laughs> oh, that is such a good point. If you got beat up by a relatively small primate compared to a person, <laughs> you might definitely, uh, yeah, blow that thing up a bit oh, in yeah, your retelling sure. of the story. Yeah. Uh, if it was a bear, you would <laughs> definitely just say you fought off a bear. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 100% you would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's really funny uh yeah so but uh you know we don't have the answer yet we have mm-hmm. a lot of people who uh you know who swear to it mm-hmm. uh but really only the grass knows sure. you know the truth is out <gasps> there true. um i did have one <gasps> comment i wanted to read oh. uh this is from uh because i last night at around 4 a.m i was watching <laughs> Uh, the, the, an episode of Monster Hunters Ooh. on the History Channel was about the Cuyahoga Grassman. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, there's a comment on this YouTube video from Tony Montana 09210. Okay, okay. And they said, I fell asleep by a tree in late fall of 1995 deer hunting at Salt Fork. That's right in the middle of the Sasquatch Triangle, by the way, in Ooh. eastern Ohio. Okay. Daylight was just breaking and I heard walking through the brush and woke up thinking a deer was near. When I finally seen it, I was frozen in fear. I couldn't move and was breathing hard. I couldn't scream either. Literally frozen in fear, the eight-foot Sasquatch seen my hot breath. 
and heard my scared breathing. He grunted at me and walked closer. I couldn't move. He bellowed, trying another more intense vocalization, like four short grunts and what I called speaking. (laughs) It sounded like he was trying to communicate. Moments later, he turned the way he came and walked away. I've never told anyone this story. And I still have nightmares 25 years later. Oh, my gosh. Another commenter from Top Herd 1011 said, I worked as a contractor for the Forest Service. I no longer do. Ooh, did he get fired? (laughs) 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 They're not telling people everything. Seeing is believing. Whether it's Harry and the Hendersons or something else, <laughs> there's something that walks up right out there. Whoa. Wow. So definitely not a sleep paralysis episode or? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. Hard to say. Yeah. Hard to mm-hmm. say. Perhaps the grass man, grass men, grass folk yes. live. Mm-hmm. I think for 2024 uh, Halloween episode of The Best Biome, we need to go and go to Ohio. <laughs> Field investigation. We're going to yes. find the baboons. <laughs> Whatever's oh. walking up right uh-huh. out there. I would we'll be so it. excited if there's actual baboons out there. That yes. would be very fun. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Incredible. I could see a baboon like getting up next to someone's kitchen window and just kind of like checking stuff out too. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can also definitely see people like seeing a raccoon and being like, it was a nine foot tall grass. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you first wake up, you know, something jars you yeah. awake in the middle of the night, and you're not gonna, you know, your mm. perception is not quite on point. Oh, so. yeah. I sure. once saw a tree in the dawn hours mm-hmm. driving down a road and was convinced it was a bull standing at the side of the road <laughs> and didn't realize it was a tree until I was like 15 feet away, but I just kept watching it get bigger and bigger, and I was like, why is this bull so tall? Oh no! It's... So I don't. <laughs> yeah. Think of me oh, the next time right. you see something yeah. wild out there. Yes, yes indeed. Amazing. It I've, could yeared, be I've, uh, I've, I've uh, yelled at a pair of shorts to get out of the bathroom because yes. uh, I thought they were my cat. So yeah. Yeah. you know, sometimes we don't always see things uh, the way they that's are. Mm-hmm. Pareidolia, I believe that's called. Oh, wow. Our willingness to see patterns where there are none. Amazing. Yeah. I choose to believe there's baboons out in the God, I, really yeah. so. I want to know where that baboon school came from. If it was legitimately found out there, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, was it a test animal? Was it an exotic pet? Like, what's right. going Did on? Did someone yeah. just plant it? Did somebody mm. just chuck a baboon school out in the middle of the woods for mm-hmm. funsies? Yeah. yeah. The questions we should be asking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did forget to say there was video evidence of this. Uh, and it was like this one Bigfoot hunter that uh-huh. had the video evidence of the Cuyahoga Grassman said it was the best footage he's gotten in years mm-hmm. of a cryptid. Mm-hmm. I watched it. It's terrible. <laughs> and it was like filmed. I don't know. It was it, it, terrible, terrible. It, wow. Like uh, I watched the enhanced slowed down version. Mm-hmm. I think it was a guy in a hoodie is what he filmed. Mm-hmm. So not you... convinced. I'm. <laughs> I feel like uh, some of those cryptid hunting circles swear that uh, the best way to get footage is to use like old school equipment. Mm. <laughs> I think it's just because it's bad quality yeah. and you can't yeah. tell Brainier. what anything yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> unfortunate. Anyway. Thank you for taking this uh, journey into the strange with us uh, yes. on the best biome. We'll be back sometime in the near future with our third season uh, to bring you more legitimate 
and uh, real grassland topics because there's lots of real animals <laughs> that are more interesting and worth learning about. <laughs> more interesting, though? I don't know about that. I don't know if they're more interesting than the corn maiden. That is yeah. pretty wild. <laughs> the corn mother. <laughs> yeah, I probably could do a whole episode on her. So yeah. she's really good. I don't know. If, I don't know if anything's <laughs> gonna top that. Thank you so much for listening to the best biome produced by our nonprofit Grassland Groupies. Uh, we will be back very soon with another episode. Uh, we're planning to go to a slightly spaced out schedule of one episode a month, but we will hopefully be having a new, very uh, adult podcast coming out soon, uh, which is part of the reason for the slowdown in releases of the Best Biome. Uh, check out our social media. All the information is in the description below. And we also have a new address now if you want to send us uh, fan mail. Um, I don't know, weird stuff, like a cool rock you found. I'm, I'm accepting anything, honestly. Maybe it'll even go on our podcast wall. Uh, but our address is 4925 South Broadway, number 69. That's correct. Number 69. This nice. is a real address. <laughs> Wichita, Kansas, 67216. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye.